0: Well, today we are in week number eight of our 13-week sermon series through the epistles of John, 1st, 2nd, and 3rd John. The apostle John was likely an old man by the time he wrote these letters, and he refers to his audience as his little children. He is their spiritual father. He informs his readers that they're living in the last hour, but by that he does not mean that the physical universe is coming to an end. Rather, John is talking about the end of the old covenant order the Old Covenant world. You see, there was a seismic shift taking place as the kingdom of God expanded beyond the borders of the nation of Israel. The early Christians were facing persecution from the outside, and they were facing division from the inside. And so John is writing a few different reminders and encouragements to these churches in crisis. Last week, Raph Peters encouraged us to abide in God, by loving one another with a sacrificial love. And today, John turns his attention back to the false teaching and false teachers that were attempting to infiltrate these churches. And more specifically, to, he turns his attention to the spirits who inspire what is false. Our six verses today are a call to exercise godly discernment. At first glance, our passage looks like a brief rupture in the flow of john 's overall argument. Um, some commentators have even suggested that verse that, that these six verses were added after the fact that they were not original to john 's epistle. So at the end of chapter three, immediately preceding our passage today, John commands us to love one another. He reminds us that to love one another is what Jesus has commanded, and then in chapter 4 verse 7 the verses immediately following our passage today John picks back up on this discussion of love and so so what are we to make of this apparent 6 verse detour why does John begin talking about discernment and spirits and testing spirits actually i think i think John has intentionally embedded this exhortation to test the spirits within the commandment to love one another Let me read the passage again. Beloved, do not believe every spirit, but test the spirits to see whether they are from God. For many false prophets have gone out into the world. By this you know the spirit of God. Every spirit that confesses that Jesus Christ has come in the flesh is from God. And every spirit that does not confess Jesus is not from God. This is the spirit of the Antichrist, which you heard was coming and now is in the world already. Six verses, John uses the word spirit seven different times. He describes a battle of spirits. The spirit of God versus the spirits of the Antichrist. The spirit of truth versus the spirit of error. Now, the the Holy Spirit is the one through whom we abide in God and through whom God abides in us. The Holy Spirit is responsible for forging that union with God, that divine human fellowship. And according to John, wise and godly discernment, the testing of spirits, is possible because we are from God. We are from God. John says that he who is in us is greater than he who is in the world. And who is he who is in us? The Spirit of truth, the Holy Spirit. In other words, John's command to love and John's command to discern are very similar because love and discernment have, they both have a common source, namely the Spirit through whom we abide in God. So I think these six verses actually belong where they are, believe it or not. Um, I'm willing to bet. Most of us can picture in our minds a person who claims to have the gift of discernment, but who exercises their discernment like a doctrinal bully, putting their intellectual superiority on display, cutting people down, policing the study of Scripture, always searching for errors to correct. In short, I'm I'm willing to bet most of us can picture in our minds a discerning person who does not exercise discernment as an act of love. Doctrinal bullies exercise discernment not because they love you, but because they love being right, which is to say they they love themselves. But true discernment is an act of love because the goal is to prevent harm to others take that one step further, it's, it's not just that we should exercise discernment as an act of love for one another. It's also the case that we cannot exercise proper discernment without love. In other words, if you do not love people well, you simply do not see things as clearly as you might think. If you do not love people well, your ability to judge and discern is hindered. If you do not love people well, your gift of discernment, your gift of discernment is not calibrated correctly. It's not calibrated in accordance with the values of the kingdom of God. Without love, we cannot test spirits accurately. The God of love is also the God of light, which means that those who hate remain in darkness. Hatred is blinding. Failing to love is failing to see clearly. As it says in Proverbs 4.19, the way of the wicked is like a deep darkness. They do not know over what they stumble. If we do not love one another, if our church is marked by envy and bitterness and gossip and selfishness, then we will not be a discerning community. We will not be able to test the spirits rightly. So again, love and discernment are both gifts of the Holy Spirit. Thus, we should exercise loving discernment. We should also exercise discerning love. The love John is talking about is not total tolerance or unconditional acceptance. The church is called to be a welcoming community, but that does not mean that we have no boundaries or standards of conduct. It does not mean that we tolerate false teaching. Once we test these spirits, we have to actually do something about the ones that are not from God. Beloved, do not believe every spirit, but test the spirits to see whether they are from God. For many false prophets have gone out into the world. So what is this relationship between spirits and false prophets? John says, test the spirits, for there are many false prophets. In short, we need to understand that there are invisible spiritual forces at work. False prophecy is not merely the result of power struggles, or people who have gotten their doctrine slightly confused. False prophecy is not merely human. It's the the product of a spiritual evil. Human false prophets are the agents of spirits who oppose the truth. When John wrote these words, there was a battle raging between the spirit of truth and the spirits of error, the Holy Spirit and the demonic spirits. Verse 2, by this you know the spirit of God. Every spirit that confesses that Jesus Christ has come in the flesh is from God. And every spirit that does not confess Jesus is not from God. This is the spirit of the Antichrist. So John was addressing a particular spiritual battle, but there are battles raging in our day too. If we look around at the various cults and false, false gospels in play, sometimes we might wonder how anyone could be misled by something so obviously untrue. Right? But we need to remember that there are powerful, evil spirits behind these distortions. The world is not merely a marketplace of ideas. In America, there are hundreds of varieties of Christianity to choose from. Plus, there are hundreds of new religious movements, NRMs, or alternative spiritualities. And of course, there's Islam and Buddhism and Hinduism, and and the list goes on most of these movements deny that Jesus Christ has come in the flesh. That's John's test. In other words, most of these movements and religions are not from God, which means that they are anti-Christ. But our society wants us to accept all of it. No examining, no testing, no discerning. It should all be tolerated. And more than that, it should all be celebrated. But again, the world is not merely a marketplace of ideas. The world is a battleground for the truth of the gospel. Now, just because I use the word battleground does not mean that we should assume an aggressive or adversarial posture. Once again, our discernment should look like love. And the type of war we wage should look like prayer and worship and hospitality. Here in a bit, we're going to sing these words. With shield of faith and belt of truth, we will stand against the devil's lies. An army bold whose battle cry is love, reaching out to those in darkness. Now, when when we talk about testing the spirits... We're not just talking about you finding a subjective sense of personal peace. Okay? Discernment is not about finding a sense of peace. So we we should not turn inward in order to discern something. True discernment takes place within the context of a church community under the direction of biblical spiritual authority. And true discernment requires much prayer and searching the scriptures. Some people are more discerning than others. But in practice, discernment is a team sport. So this is this is not the time for naming names. When it comes to false prophets, I do think there's a time for naming names. Um, but today I'll speak more generally. If a Christian leader teaches something, and the world overwhelmingly affirms it, be careful. That doesn't mean it's wrong, but you should test that spirit. If the church finds a new way of interpreting Scripture that justifies doing something the world wants us to do, be careful. Test that spirit. Or if the world is saying something and Christian leaders are falling in line, be careful. Test that spirit. More specifically, what should we make of the men and women who have been unsuccessfully, incorrectly, Predicting the end of the world for the past few decades. Test the spirit. If their prophecies have consistently been incorrect, we should stop listening to them. They may very well be brothers and sisters in the faith. I'm I'm not denying that. But their teaching is inspired by demonic spirits of error. Otherwise, their prophecies would come true. Another example we can look at what's happening in some of the mainline denominations across the United States. For instance, the the battle over the authority of Scripture, whether it is to be trusted as a reliable guide in the modern world, that is a battle of spirits. If the Bible is not to be believed, you might as well say that Jesus has not come in the flesh. You might as well say, as they do in Deuteronomy 13, let us go after other gods. The notion that scripture is unreliable is obviously not from God. John says, verse 6, Whoever knows God listens to us, that is, the apostles. Whoever is not from God does not listen to us. By this we know the spirit of truth and the spirit of error. Now, John is making quite a claim there. But this goes back to chapter 1, where John implies that to have fellowship with the apostles is to have fellowship with the triune God. The apostles were the eyewitnesses. If we we cannot trust them, we are never going to find a more reliable source of truth. Listening to the apostles, also known as trusting the Bible, is a test of whether someone is from God or not. I mean we can think about this on a on a smaller more local scale as well. We need to know and we need to acknowledge that there are invisible spirits at work within our church. I actually believe we have sung and prayed them out of the room this morning, but nonetheless, they are at work in our midst. And they want us to fail. They don't want us unified. They don't want us loving one another. They don't want us loving our neighbors. They don't want us serving the poor. They don't want us worshiping regularly. They don't want us singing loudly and praying confidently. They want our marriages to fail. They want our children to rebel. And so we must not give these spirits the opportunity they're looking for. We must not allow them to tear apart our fellowship. Do not harbor anger or bitterness toward one another, lest you be used by the enemy. Rather, confess your sins and forgive one another. Do not coddle your fear and anxiety, lest you be used by the enemy. Rather, cast your fears and anxieties upon God in prayer. Do not be absent from Sunday worship, routinely absent, lest you be used by the enemy. Rather, come into the Lord's house as often as possible for nourishment and strengthening. Do not gossip, lest you be used by the enemy. Rather, speak well of one another and build one another up. In short, do the things that make for a strong community. And do not do the things that tear us apart. Because we need to be strong in the face of opposition. We will never reach our neighbors if we are preoccupied with infighting. We will never have the privilege of seeing the kingdom advance in our generation if we're distracted by our internal drama. And Listen, John, John has every confidence. That his readers will overcome. And I have every confidence that our church will overcome. In fact, according to John, we already have. There are evil spirits, spirits of Antichrist in the world. There are false prophets. The church is not unopposed, the church is always opposed. And so we should expect a certain degree of opposition. We should expect a certain degree of chaos and confusion outside of these walls we should remember that abiding in God is how we protect ourselves from the enemy. Abiding in God, in in part, means that we exercise discerning love and loving discernment. When we fail to love, or when we fail to discern, we have made ourselves vulnerable. But, even so, we know the outcome is secure even if the spirits and false prophets seem to gain the entire world, even if it seems like the entire world is united in opposition to the church, we still have nothing to fear. We are from God, born of him, filled with his Holy Spirit, and we have already overcome. Little children, you are from God and have overcome them. For he who is in you is greater than he who is in the world. In Christ, filled with the Spirit, the church has overcome the world. And the church will overcome the world. The Spirit who abides in you. The Spirit who inspires truth inspired the scriptures, the spirit who fosters love and guides our discernment. He is greater, wiser, stronger than the spirits who oppose you. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we are those who have been born of you. We are from God. We are from you. Teach us to abide in you. Jesus, we praise you for your victory over sin, evil, death. We follow you into the battle, and and we want to fight the way you fought. Humbly, lovingly, self-sacrificially. Holy Spirit, make our discernment loving, make our love discerning. Empower us to love one another and and equip us for the battle um, and use us.